You are now listening to another Nick and 30 exclusive powered by Venture Season Network. Nick's Tape, we here. What it is, what it do, folks. Back for another one on the Nick and 30 podcast. It's your guy, Dope the Phenom, a.k.a. Trippy OG. Whichever you prefer, y'all should know the slogan by now, man. I've been saying it for two years straight, and I'm going to continue to say that. I might just make a shirt out of it. You never know. Apparel, apparel, apparel coming soon. But to piggyback off where we left off last week, you already know me and my guy, Kev East, host of Steelers for Seven podcast. Make sure you chime in. Go look at that. As y'all can see, my phone been going off all day. We've been waiting for Woj bombs. We didn't get nothing at all. I mean, nothing at all, folks. We have been waiting all day. And the first trade that we've seen was a Clippers trade that threw us off guard. Now, I know everybody's probably listening like, bro, why are you talking about the Clippers and this is the Knicks podcast? But you got to understand, this is starting to change the factor and the borderlines of what we may and possibly could do before this deadline starts. I mean, like, ends. you get what I'm saying? So with them doing a trade, as you can see, Portland looks like they're rebuilding, right? Now that they're rebuilding, what does that mean for CJ? And obviously, what does that mean for Dan? So that's something to look at, but I'll touch base more on that later on in the episode. Other than that, we're still waiting for Leon to make a move. We're waiting for him to make a move. It has to happen. But just like I promised y'all, February was going to be a whole bunch of special guests popping up each week. And this week, I had to go all the way overseas with it. I had to jump on that plane. If I'm not mistaken, I think you lose a day when you go out there. But I had to go all the way to Australia to get my man, Smitty, one of the co-hosts of Past, Present, Future. My guy, Smitty, how you doing? How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm doing well, man. Doing well. How about you? I'm doing good. I mean, I'm not as frustrated as I thought I would be, you know, waiting on something to happen, but I'm fine. I'm actually fine. I'm actually content with everything, man. I'm content. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of at that point too, I reckon. Um, sort of no news, kind of good news sometimes. I mean, what's the point sitting waiting for something that might not happen either? Um, we, we've done that plenty of times as Knicks fans. So, I mean, what will be will be. Case hurrah, hurrah. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. But for everybody that's tuning in, you know, a lot may not know you, um, you know, just getting to know you from building with, you know, with past, present, future, seeing you on Twitter and everything like that. So just give everybody a quick one rundown about yourself, what you do and like, you know, how long you've been a Knicks fan, bro, and especially you from Australia, like put us on game, put us on game. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, I've, I've been working uh, on podcasts now for about, three, four years. So I sort of started with a podcast here, one of Australia's biggest ones called Hoops Podcast. Just um, jumped on with those guys from being a fan and reached out because I sort of wanted to uh, go into, uh, you know, sports journalism at the time. I was going to go and study it, uh, you know, but, and that spawned from a passion of, you know, loving sport in general, but mainly basketball. Um, I was a Knicks fan from a long, long way back. My uh, One of my cousins actually 
was a New York sports fan. Um, he was lucky enough when we were younger. He's a bit older than me, about eight years, and then he's got an older brother too. Um, they were a bit lucky. That side of the family had money, so they were able to travel to the States back in the day and, you know, get to see all the experience. They got to see MJ in the flesh and Ewing and all that through the mid, uh, late 90s. Um, and, yeah, being just, you know, one of those favourite cousins sort of thing and looking up to him, he uh, sort of put some... Uh, Nick stuff in my hands and I wasn't huge on it obviously as a young kid I liked a lot of players but I loved basketball all throughout primary school and whatnot um you know my interest dipped here and there but I was always sort of a you know had had interest but you know what it's like when you're growing up <laughs> uh things you know things get put a back seat but basketball still did stay a sort of a sport that I was always interested in and always you know checking in on and um yeah I mean I got to live through some of the greatest era too um, as being a Knicks fan, although it's always been a little bit painful. But, yeah, man, it's been, what, a, I was about four, so it's nearly been 24 years, technically. Um, yeah, um, but I've always been, like, a fan of the game too. So, uh, yeah, I always love the history. Um, I used to come home from school, man, as a kid and would jump straight on the NBA website. I'm talking back when it was just not long dial-up and all that and jump on the NBA website and get the latest news. Uh, so you were the type of kid I was, yeah. So you remember the whole thing that you couldn't use the phone and trying to get. Oh yeah. 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 That was out. Yeah, man. And I would be on there looking at NBA news. Um, what was happening, man. It's funny. Cause I remember just certain bits and pieces and um, yeah, in quite, quite vividly throughout the time with Alan Iverson, that practice stuff and all that. Um, but yeah, man, like I had a fanatical uh, cousin that was a Knicks fan and New York sports fan in general. Uh, he, he put me onto it. So, <laughs> you know, thanks but no thanks sometimes i say to him uh but yeah i would i wouldn't have any other team man um but yeah definitely a fan of the game overall but still new york you know over everything that's number one realistically like uh, there's no question about it you know the type of fan i am um yeah i'm just a but i'm just a student of the game and a lover of the game in general but nicks come first always that is a Sorry. fact, man. Knicks Nation all day. So yeah. to, to really start it out, right, with us, you remember last episode, me and you chopped it up in the side on the sidelines about it. And we both still feel like, you know, Leon needs to make a move. We both felt like even if it wasn't a potential Randall deal, Sacramento was the team we needed to focus on to make a move with. So with all the trade rumors you've been seeing with everybody blowing up about Randall's not following uh, New York on IG, Fox is not following Sacramento on IG. Everybody's pushing for it. At one time, I don't know if you noticed, Randall for Fox was a trending topic on Twitter. Like it was a trend, like bold to the side said Randall for Fox. I was like, okay, they're really pushing this narrative. But how do you ultimately feel a, if we do do that trade, what type of package would it be and how can that help shape us for the future? And B, what happens if it doesn't happen? So this is, you're talking about the Randall for Fox, right? That's yeah, what we're talking about. with that one. Okay. Um, if it does happen, um, uh, well, I don't know, man. I don't know how that trade works out. But, um, I mean, if it does happen, I think we immediately get better in one way. Um, we've got an, we get an offensive, we get a good offensive player back, um, albeit inconsistent at times. I think he's obviously a little bit younger than Randall. I think he has more upside. Um, and I think, yeah, man, I don't know. Like it's, it's going to do well, but at the same time, it's going to be about the pieces around it. 
And if we don't do that trade, I I don't think it's too bad either. Do you know what I mean? I think it's much of a muchness in that sense where if it doesn't happen, it's not really going to damage us. Like it would be nice and it would put us like a step in the right direction. But at the same time, if we didn't do it because of good reasons not to, you know, put ourselves in a position to take on that contract or whatever it may be, um, I, I don't know. I don't think it's too bad either um, if, you know, Randall's maybe moved on for someone else. Um, that is, or, you know, who knows what happens with him from here on out. Um, the whole IG thing, my question was, was he ever really following him to begin with? Because he still follows him on Twitter. He still follows Nick's on Twitter. That's what I said. I said um, and, and then someone put up, oh, didn't he have uh, New York Nick in his um, Twitter bio? And but no one had proof as if that it, that it had been there to be removed, but he still has New York Nick in his Instagram bio, the last I checked. So I don't know, man. There's a lot of reading into it. Um I don't really use that as a gauge, man. If someone's on the way out, like I think you could tell, like if he's on the way out, he's on the way out. It's pretty, pretty obvious, or it's just a really sticky situation where they don't know what to do. Um, but I think there's a bit of a bit of miscommunication and a little bit of um, biting heads between management and coaching at the minute, because I was reading and heard that Cam, um, the Cam Reddish trade wasn't particularly something Tibbs was interested in. And that's why he's been a little bit the way he has. Uh, and then I've been hearing too that they've been the, the latest Kemba like being played has been a bit of a come from the top. That's a direction from people up top. So okay. I don't know, man. I think if we get Fox, I, I think we do. We yeah, I think man, we can work with that. But I don't think it makes us any worse if we don't get it and we do something else. That's a fact. And you touched based on it a little bit with just different stories we're hearing behind the scenes with the organization and coaching staff, especially with Randall. How do you feel about uh, basically stories you heard with him not getting along with players now, him and RJ going at it at one point during the Memphis game, during the timeout, him and Tom basically not seeing eye to eye anymore, a report coming out about Tom stating that he can't get Randall to be his selfishness again from what he said quote unquote if i'm not mistaken you go back to being selfless or something yeah something like that that he had last year so how do you how do you feel this is all probably boiling up in randall's mind especially with all these trade rumors now over his head he missed out on his bonus a lot of people that may not know he basically almost missed out a million dollars out of his bonus okay so that's five percent of his salary he just missed out on for not becoming an all-star so that's probably something else that's pissing him off so how do you feel about those accusations and how it may be affecting randall in his game uh well first of all man i look at it from his perspective because as much as i think what's time for the i think that project's over and we move on from him um i don't have any like disdain for him i still like him and i like he at his best he became a really really good player man um it was hard to knock like his game had come so far with his mid-range shooting and even his outside shooting and all that sort of stuff and it all came together last year but man i feel for him a little bit because you're hearing all this stuff and you just put a team on your back and took them back to the playoffs for the first time in what eight years you know this is and this is a proud team that's got a rich history and a lot of uh, heartache and heartbreak uh and you know uh, underachieving and you put a city on your team and then you know it doesn't really go that way. And I don't know what's going on internally. I'm not going to speculate. Um, but I think personally, it's a little bit of tips isn't able to bring the best out in him. And I think maybe the shake up with getting rid of Bullock, I think that 
you know, was a little bit something that didn't sit well with Randall. Um, and I think he thought, and he was probably, I reckon he was probably told a story that we're going to get these guys in. It's going to make it easier for you. But he didn't realize that he was going to the ball out of his hands. And I think he needs that ball in his hands. I think he needs to be the main guy, but at the same time, I think he, like last season, but I think you can't have the players that we picked up and you can't expect other players to get better while he's playing like that. Um, and that's just not what the plan ever was. I mean, it was great last year, but he was always going to have to, you know, take a little bit of a back seat and he's just not prepared to do that. And that's fine. But, you know, he tried, man. New York's a tough city. It's a tough team to play for. You know, not the first that's tried and failed. Won't be the last, I don't think. Um, but I think he's, I feel for him, I think he'd be pretty upset in certain ways, but at the same time, I think he's got to look in the mirror a little bit and see how he's responded to some of it because he could have been better. Way Absolutely. He could have been better, man. Yeah. And he could have turned around and said, like, he put, he put out that piece in the Players' Tribune and was like, you know, oh, I just, you know, really want to be for my teammates. I've changed my attitude. I'm not the player I was. So much better being, you know, selfless, and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, and then he signs it off with, most of all, I love being a Nick. And, like, you read that as a Knicks fan, and that's like, man, that's goosebumps. That's stuff you want to hear guys say, man. Uh, you know, I love being a Nick. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, could see why he would be frustrated but at the same time he's got a little bit of um you know soul searching to do i think and a little bit of uh you know have a bit of humility and say oh, okay put my hand up i know where i went wrong definitely now with all of this going on knowing that we got the lakers tomorrow and this is what definitely put my stamp on a, okay we're not doing any trades today so if we're going to do a trade it's literally going to be next week during that last stretch of the deadline once I seen that, uh, uh, I think it was Stephen Bundy and I think uh, Berman stated that Kimba will still be in a starting lineup. He's still going to start and he's sticking and Tom's sticking with the same starting lineup. I said, OK, we're not making no trades today. Everybody pack it up. Don't wait for a Wolves bomb no more. We know what we getting tomorrow. We know what's going on. So don't want to even worry about it now. When I look at that, right, and I compare to everything that you said, because I do agree with everything you said. You hit everything on the tee when it comes to Randall. Like, as a player, as a person, that's a lot to deal with. Everything is not going the way you want it. Things are looking bad. You may or may not have wanted certain people here. You probably wanted to, like, ultimately run it back because you built a strong bond with certain people. So all of that takes into factor. You know, you just having a newborn baby. Uh, like, everything just falls into play you know people going out people getting sick uh like the team has really been fully healthy probably for only about like six games out of this whole season so far max max if that give or take right so when you look at all of this and then now i'm looking at like the rise of grimes how he's doing what he needs to do we picked up cam reddish supposedly they want him to be playing but just like you said from the front office, you're hearing that, you know, Kimba should be playing. Do you see that maybe these last stretch of games we have before we get to that February 10th date, we're just trying to maximize these vets values as much as possible, but probably are still going to make a move. Like, do you, are you in agreement with that? And if so, why is that? And if not still, you know, let me know. Yeah. I think they're playing them sparingly. Um, but to keep them out there so that it's... Because at the end of the day, man, you need to put players on the floor for them to have value, right? I mean, no one's going to, like, want to make a trade for a guy that's been sitting on the bench 
that you're just sitting aside like, oh, no, we, we don't have him in our future plans, so we're just taking him out the rotation sort of thing. Um, and I think that's what Tibbs tried to do with Kemba when he was out all those with sore knees. I think that was a little bit of, um, oh, he's not part of the plan. Um, we're moving on from him. And then I think management said, no, no, we still need to market him to other teams. So I think that that's what they're doing. And that's why you're seeing burn, getting like players get burned that are, you know, been rumoured to be on the move. Um, and I think that's why they're running. Um, you, you're seeing those players sort of run, have plays run or run the offence or be given the sort of, you know, I oh, run an ISO or, you know, run high screen and roll or summertime and, you know, but make sure everyone touches it. That's like these vets and sort of they're all taking charge, if you know what I mean. Uh, and everything that the rooks and the young ones are getting, it's all um, secondhand generally, or it's, you know, they're, they're hand, if they're running the point like quickly or something, they're handing it straight off. And it's usually a vet, one of those vets that's rumoured they're getting the ball. So, I mean, I think it feels like a little bit, it's on, yeah, it's on showcase. Um, obviously, we've got a game to play too. So you always want the, you know, the best shot to be taken. But yeah, I think there is a little bit of motive as to have them out there. Because if you look at Kemba, he's getting not, much, not many minutes. I think he's checked out personally. I think he's like, it's whatever. Because he said he's playing back like he did at Saudi and not aggressive, not trying to push anything. Um, and then Tibbs is pulling him out of the game. And we saw he, he won Eastern Player of the Week, Eastern Conference Player of the Week, when he did attack. And that's the Kemba we know. Um, but yeah, I think he's checked out. Definitely, definitely. Now, just to get off the whole Randall case, because we're not going to make this whole episode about Randall. Um, me personally, I still have love for him. I still feel like he can do what he got to do. But if you're going to be the so called leader, and get paid the amount of money you get played and we saw what you can produce when you want to, then you need to do that. If not, then you can gladly go and we can keep reshaping the future we need to reshape because the contract you have is still affordable. So you can still get us back a good piece if need be. But me personally, if I'm the front office, you need to make that decision before this deadline is over. Don't wait until the off season to where he ends up minimizing his value if anything, if you're not serious about Randall and you know you're not, just go ahead and pull that trigger. At least let him try to get us a little bit more wins so we could try to get into that playing spot if you still want to get to that point. Yeah, that's right. Or just or we can start moving on and planning without him. Do you know what I mean? And building something without him. Even if it's a second half of the season, it's like a, we sort of started, not necessarily a rebuild, but we start a restructure with whoever we get back in and we try to, you know, make get some uh, chemistry and whatnot, use that second half of the season to build that and get an idea um, of real game time, how the new, you know, the new additions and uh, the outgoings and incomings are going to fit with the rest of the team that stays. Definitely. Now, my question to you is with the, the surge and the level of play we've been seeing from Mitchell Robinson, do we give him that extension mid-season or do we just wait till the whole season is over and give him that extension? I feel like we should go ahead and just lock him in now. He's already in the Knicks history books. He's already showing that once he lost the weight, he was at another level. Now that he's getting more healthy, he's at another level. But what are, you, what are your opinion on it? But me, I'm not giving him $80 million. Though. I'm not giving him $80 million. No, I, I think at this point you just play the game, the smart game, which would be extend him at the end of the season. It doesn't matter. Um, I think he'll be, he's restricted, isn't he? So we have the rights to him anyway. I believe he'll be so. Restricted. Yeah, he would be. He's a rookie. It's, it's the end of his rookie contract, is it not? Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's going to be restricted. We've got the rights to that. Um, so if anyone wants him, they're going to have to match him, which means they're going to have to pay more or, you know, or pay more um, than we're willing to. So, I mean, it's you may as well look at that. Does he really want to be here? You don't want to be forced into paying too much for him. And at the same time, I'd like to see him get through the rest of the season without an injury before we go signing him to anything. 
personally. Um, but I do like the, the trajectory. I am a Mitch fan. There is a lot for him to still work on. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to keeping him so long as he can get through the rest of the season without an injury because at this point, who do we get in return? Miles Turner's got an injury, you know, a, you know, broken part of a broken foot or whatever, which could be bad because it could be the same injury that we saw Ben Simmons have that's kept him out his rookie season or was meant to be his rookie season and Kevin Durant had back in, you know, the Thunder days. Yeah, I remember um, that. Metatarsal, which is not a good one, man. You've got to get screws in that, and it's just a really bad, bad one. There's a lot of pressure. It's not good. It's a season-long sort of thing. So I think that that was floated as what Miles Turner might be going for. I'm not sure. That was a while ago. Uh, I don't think he's been playing. I think he's still out with that. Um, but, yeah, I, at this point, I don't see, yeah, who's available. So why not keep him? No, nah, definitely. Provided but... he stays healthy, sorry. No, 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 definitely. But if you do keep him, right, and you extend him, how much would you give them? It's a hard one, man. The market's different. I mean, so we can sit here and say, oh, 80 million is too much, but it's really not that much anymore. It still sounds you know, ridiculous. And I said it about a few other players, but then you've got to remember the cap goes up every year. Um, that median sort of, you know, I remember years ago or even like four or five years ago, if you got 20 million a year, you were like right in the midst of like mellow money and Russ money and, you know, LeBron sort of money. You were only, if, you know, 5 million or so off that, like if you got a 20 million per year um, and you were seeing guys sign $20 million four-year contracts and stuff like that, like your mid-tier guys and all that sort of stuff. And um, I remember it was big when um, Hassan Whiteside signed that. I think it was like 80 million or 60 million at um, Miami. It was like yeah, a year that. or something like that. And everyone was like, that's big. And it sort of was at the time, especially for a guy like him. Um, but now all of a sudden 15 is like what you pay for that three-star player, that four-star player, you know? Definitely, definitely. So I don't know, but to answer your question, I would probably give Mitch something like 40 over three, something Um, like that. Maybe that's a little bit shallow, but that's just only me saying it because I know his, his injury history is what worries me. Me, I'd probably give him the, the Evan, like the, the typical deal that we've been doing so far, I'll probably give him a four-year deal with the last one as a, uh, you know. Team option. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, maybe 60 over four. That's what I would do. I would do 60 over the four. You know what I'm saying? Because at least, you know. And then if anything with Mitch, just to be on the safe side, if we really feel like he has that potential, and then within that fourth year or third year, we really want to lock him up a, a little bit longer, we could be like, two out of the four years is guaranteed money for him. You get what I'm saying? Like guaranteed yeah, yeah. money just to make yeah. him feel better about taking a lower hit. If he did want the 80, I'd be like, look, two of these years is guaranteed four year, uh, four year deal team option on the last one, 60 mil. What's up? You can't beat that. Cause that yeah, would be what that would be. Let me see. 80 would be 80 would over four would be 20 a year. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know so, but we could even put in a, um, like a, we could put in a, like a, on one of the thing parts of the um, uh, contract could have, or oh, if you stay injury free or whatever for this long, like I know that sounds wrong, but if you say we're going to guarantee you this and we're going to support you and you'll get this much guaranteed, but if you can, you know, avoid injury or something like that, whatever, and you can stay rehabbed and stay in good shape and whatnot and look after your body and this and that, then we'll give you an extra however much. And I know you can say, oh, that's a bit cruel because, you know, if his body lets him down, his body lets him down. But it also teaches him to play a little bit smarter. 
because um, there's you know certain injuries that he's had that are a little bit to do with just being a rookie and a little bit sort of you know throws his weight around carelessly and stuff like that. And I know he hustles and all that sort of stuff, but it's a little bit of an incentive too. And um, it says, hey, we you know we believe in you and we're going to guarantee you this much. But if you can go through and you know no injuries in for this long this period or this many out of the years, then we'll give you an extra year and we'll put on extra money. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Something yeah. like that. And that, that would be different, but it wouldn't be too far off some of the things and um, some of the clauses that players have in their contracts. Like, you know, it happens. Definitely. Now, I look at it like this, right? Mitch is getting crazy, so it might be extension time. Randall's messing up badly, and it's like, okay, what do we do with him? But then now we have to piggyback into this whole Cam Reddish situation. Do you really feel like, forget Randall now, the deadline, the key thing for this deadline, maybe it shouldn't be pressuring getting rid of Randall, but maybe we should really pressure trying to free up this space so Grimes and Cam can consistently be in this rotation. Now, for us to do so, I'm assuming the whole Burks and Kemba getting out the rotation would help that if I'm correct. But... How, if that were to happen, how would lineups look? And then how would that ultimately fix certain gaps in our team to help look for a brighter day? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of thinking about how that works because obviously Cam's your more, he's more a small, he's a three really. Um, uh, you wouldn't really play him as a two, would you? So, I mean, he sort of, would be yeah playing who, whose role, but even Grimes, what is Grimes playing off the bench, the two guard, and he's AB playing is playing, and what's and what's AB playing? He's more like a two guard, but what's he playing the three really? I mean, I haven't really thought about that. Um, yeah, that's that's a good question, man. Um, how would it look? It would look, it would be weird because you would have to if you want to give Cam Burn, it's going to have to be off the bench, and then you um, also have to factor in Rose is going to come back. That's right, and that's what I mean. I don't think. I don't know if it works. Do you just get rid of them and try and clear up cap space um, and, and roster spots? Uh, something like that so that you can bring Cam up. Um, and then, but it's, very, it's a very difficult situation. We went from having no point guards to having too many. Um, and then it's just an odd dynamic. I think really Evan Fournier has to move out the way if you want to get those guys proper burn. But then you're like, putting a veteran who's been in good, has showed what he's really capable of lately. You're getting rid of him to bring up a rookie. And I mean, what does that look like? That looks like you're going into sort of rebuild. I mean, how often does like a pick 25, I mean, it's not, it's not impossible to think of. It's not wild. I mean, Grimes has been good enough, but you know, do you bring him up permanently? Definitely. And that's, and that's the thing. So you sort of end up having to need to give out more than you get back in, if you know what I mean? So you give out three players, get back two. um, you know, so then you've got an extra spot and that's where you can bring someone up and you can give, you know, cam minutes off burn off the bench and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know. What are we, what are we doing? Cause it's, if we're getting, we could end up getting rid of Randall too for, uh, I reckon there could be a surprise where we get rid of him for picks and stuff like that. And then Obi Toppin gets pushed up. Definitely. I could see that happening. It's just... You know what I mean? And, and that would take a lot of people by surprise because everyone's going to expect a star back for Randall, but man, they might turn around and be like, hey, we can get more of more value in picks and, um, you know, cash burn and whatnot, cap hit and stuff like that, like good contracts and wave some players and then Toppen can move up or we can bring in a guy that's a little bit more experienced and he can slowly move out the rotation. 
Topham can come in. Like, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that uh, make it hard for the LA, if you get what I mean. Like, there's a lot of clashes on our roster and with what's rumoured, where do we go? Like you said, where do we go? I don't know. I honestly don't know how it looks. I think you have to move Burks, uh, Evan and Kemba and bring in two. So three going out, two coming in. And then you can start to give those guys that burn and bring Grimes up. And then you can allow for Rose to come back. And then Cam can get some burn off the bench from where Grimes would have been playing, I guess, or Burks as well. I don't know, man. I think I, I do agree that if you do a Burks and, and Kemba, Evan or Randall has to go. They, like, no matter what, if we're going to do this right to get Grimes and get Cam ready some minutes, three of these guys got to go. That has to happen. You can even factor in Noel if we could if we could pick, like actually get him in a deal. But yeah. three guys got to go, right? So now I had a couple of ideas at first, but then I was like, you know what? It's hard when you still got to factor in that D Rose is going to come back. So my first thinking after I got all I got all through that, I was like, all right, you know what would make more sense? And this is why now we got to go back into the Randall trades. That whole First initial trade we seen months ago that we saw a lot of reporters putting up as a mock what with the whole Fox and Bagley for for like we had like three guys on that on that projected uh trade margin with a couple of picks. That is the best route to go. You get the point guard you need. RJ is gonna slide to the two. Now, if I'm Tom and I think you and if I'm the front office, you automatically jump the gun and you shift. Cam straight to that starting three spot. Even if he hasn't been any rotation, he should just go straight there because he's legitimately a small forward. Like he's a small forward. With the way RJ is playing, he would better be suited as a two guard. And you would want both of them paired up in the lineup because they do damage. We've seen what they can do together in college. And then that's, and instead of just having nothing but shooters, you'll have now three guards, well, two guards, a wing. That a little like legitimately with Fox, RJ, and Cam with Cam, right? If we just talking about them three, they can shoot and attack that rim all at the same time, and they have good IQs and good passing ability. So now that just makes it even better. Now you don't have to worry about just an outside game. Sometimes worrying about one person to break down the defense. You'll always have an inside outside game no matter what, right? Now when you look at the bench, you know what I'm saying? Because of course. Obi's going to sh- slide up to the starting four. That's going to help out the transition because they're going to run. That whole lineup is going to run. Mitch and Obi would thrive in that because now you have three guards that are going to run and they're going to make sure they look for you. We've seen Cam do it in college and Atlanta. If you're open, he's going to look for you. RJ, he's always setting up looking for that. And Fox, he's been doing it since he's came in the league. So that's all, all of that works. It's just young, so you just have to see it mesh and do well. Now, when you go to the second unit, no, say what you was yeah. gonna say. I was gonna say, but where's Bagley fit into this? Or is he, are you talking scenario where he's not part of the trade? Where he's not a part of the trade? No. Yeah, are you are you talking about if we got him and Fox, or are you talking about if we just got Fox? No, we got him and Fox. Now, okay, so you wouldn't have him as a starter. You wouldn't have Bagley uh, as a starting four. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually have him as a starter because this is the this is what happens a lot when it comes to like bench talk, right? Obi can run out how he wants to do, right? 
So you would rather have that in the starting unit to start off because he brings that energy. He brings that easy basket for you, right? Now, when you want the bench to come in, you would rather your starters start well so your bench can just pick up where they left off at, right? Now, with the bench, if you have a guy like Bagley and his skill set, that's basically a little bit of a downgrade version of Randall right now, but has the promise to really get better than that, just wasn't getting the accurate, you know, the right set of minutes because of Bolton, that would actually mesh out well. Because with that second unit now with having Bag, you would have Rose, you would have IQ, you would have Grimes, Bagley, and then if we couldn't get Noel off, you still got Noel there. You get what I'm saying? So no yeah, matter exactly. what, all of that, that right there, the second unit now, is, now becomes a balanced scoring transition, half court. That gives you all of that balance. So no matter who came out that starting lineup, you still getting the same amount over here. Yeah, no I mean, that would be many, You know, no matter how many people say, oh, Bagley's not that. I said, bro, how can you tell anything about Bagley, bro? He don't, he never got to play. Now that he's playing, he's actually showing you what he can always do. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that would work too. But you know what I could actually see in that instance? I would actually see Grimes likely to get a gig more over Cam at the start anyway. So yeah, it would be a, to swap them two. And then, then you would swap RJ to the three and Grimes to the two. Now, it's a little bit smaller of a lineup, but it's there's, a, there's some good defense there. There's already some good chemistry. I think Cam would have to earn it. I don't think they would just slide him, but I do think that's a pretty, like what you've come up with there, it's not wild to see. Um, I mean, yeah, but I, I that's what, I, the, the re, like I reckon it would be that little bit different where yeah, it would be Grimes and RJ rather than, you know, uh, RJ and Cam. And eventually Cam, uh, Cam might work his way in, but he'd, he'd be coming off the bench, which would work. That dynamic works either way. You can swap those two around for a while, test things out. It doesn't matter. I think that those are both good lineups that run a lot. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, the most realistic thing to me, of course, Grimes would definitely be at the starting two because to me, that's Allen Houston 2.0 with, with some great defense. Man, you know, that's a fact. But when it when it comes to Grimes, if he did get the starting job, like I said, I'm not mad at it. He deserves it, especially if you're going to move out from pieces and he was already here gelling it with everybody. It would do great. And with the rumors sit true with Fox, you know, not being that good of a defender, Having Grimes there with him, that definitely will help out as well. It would help yeah, out. You yeah. still got RJ. He's doing what he got to do. And, you know, Obi's he's showing that he can be a good defender if you give him the minutes and let him show you and produce. And Mitch is going to always be Mitch. That's right. That's a fact. So now, besides all of these trade talks, right, all of that, how are you feeling about this Laker game tomorrow? What do you want to see happen? Who do you feel is going to take off the most in that game? And what do you feel we need to not do that we've been doing in these past games in order to get this win tomorrow? Um, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, there's no LeBron. They're very hard to read without him. They're very up and down. The Lakers, uh, what do you make of it? It's in, it's in LA, is it? It's in, it's a, uh, yeah, we're in LA. We're, we're yeah, LA. That always helps. I mean, Russ is sort of semi-showing out again, and that's sort of because he's mad. So you never know what you're going to get with him at the minute. That's Russ. Um, I don't know. I don't think we match up well against them still, though. I think they've got that. This has been our biggest problem, and I think the biggest problem that's going to kill us tomorrow 
Um, I think Grimes is going to show out, to be honest. I think uh, perimeter defense is going to show out whoever turns up to do that. But that's the thing. The Lakers can, when they're on, they can be very dangerous from behind the arc, like their Wayne Ellingtons and, you know, um, Malik Monk. I think he's playing too. You know, Reeves. Um, and then, you know, you've got to worry about Westbrook attacking the paint. Uh, is he going to put Mitch in early foul trouble? And then Mitch has got to also try and guard um, Anthony Davis. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a bit of a nightmare, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be... Honestly, at this point, I know the Lakers aren't a, a pretty down bad, but so are we, sort of. Like, we're very, very similar. We're in very similar spots, to be honest. But I think... I think if we're, the key to winning, the key to winning is not forcing Russ or not trying to make them force it through Russ. I think he would actually destroy us tomorrow. Yeah. But, um, just, yeah, I think he definitely does. Um, I think we've got to play tough uh, perimeter D and we've got to try and, yeah, push them to bad shots or make anyone but Russ go to the lane <laughs> to force them inside in that sense. Um, I think that's the only way you're going to really stop it. Um, but what can you do, man? If Russ is going to go off, Russ is going to go off. <laughs> I, don't, I just I just don't think we have it at the minute to stop them guys if they go off. But at the same time, the Lakers are down that bad. We could actually have a good game tomorrow. And, you know, it could be like similar to what we did to Sacramento the other day. So, uh, man, I couldn't even give you the full keys of the game. Like I said, I think it's, yeah, force them into bad perimeter shots or, in, you know, force them to go inside, especially all their outside shooters and try and push Russ out, try and sort of set up a bit of a zone and, um, yeah, bottle Russ so that he, you know, choke the lane when it is in his hands, force him to move the ball on and try and, you know, make him his own worst enemy, try and overpass it or whatever. I think that's going to be the key. And Anthony Davis, I mean, he's up and down. What can you do? Just put your hands up in the air. (laughs) Put your hands up in the air and, 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 I mean... I don't mean this in a bad way or anything, but yeah, put your hands up in the air and hope that his own body is going to be his own biggest enemy. <laughs> you yeah. know, an eagle or an injury or something is going to hold him back because nothing else is, to be honest, when he's on. And he's been all right since coming back. So, yeah. I mean, but Randall, he, that's one thing I can say about Randall. When he goes against Anthony Davis, he does give you your all, like his all. He's he's never came short. So we're def- I'm definitely looking forward to that matchup. Um, as of... Anybody to really go off, I feel like it's going to end up being Kemba just for the fact he's been hearing his name trend a lot. It's trade talk time, you know, and especially, you know, for some odd reason, I don't know if people notice this, but when Kemba has like a, a press conference after the game or during practice before a game, he tends to go off. <laughs> like, so look out for that. Look out for that bag. I, um, as of like our young core, I, I expect RJ to really just take it up a notch just because I don't even think he's really doing it for himself. I think he's really trying to prove that he is the guy you may want to give the keys to and build around him because he's doing it just for the fact he wants Cam to get in this rotation. Like he wants his boy yeah, here and he feels like the only way he's going to be able to do that is I have to prove that you can believe in me to build around me. And I'm not, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So keep doing what you're doing. Um, I didn't bring up Grimes because I expect Grimes to be Grimes. I didn't beat, bring up Evan because I expect him to still move how he's moving, and especially with RJ knowing that, you know, he plays better when he gets a lot of touches. So I do see RJ falling back a little bit, trying to get it over there to Evan a little bit more. I expect Mitch to still play how he's going to play because 
not only is he going to have to be matched up with Davis at times, they may play Dwight, they may play Jordan if they want to, so he got to be ready and prepared. So it's, it's going to be a dog fight. It's definitely going to be a dog fight because on both sides, there's a lot to prove. And, you know, with any team that we have somewhat of a rumor to, especially with this whole Westbrook thing, I'm, I'm not even going to touch base on that rumor. But expect it to be another audition game. Well, I just expect it. So just like you said, don't let Westbrook go off because if we let Westbrook go off, it's going to be a scary night for the Knicks. It's just because it's like, bro, we really don't have nobody that's going to stop him like that as of a point guard. You get what I'm saying? Like, you could say do so you want, but we're talking about Westbrook, bro. <laughs> we talking about a truck, a Mac, a little compact size Mac truck running at you at full speed. Just now learning by the advice of Shaquille O'Neal that, dude, you are playing out of control. Slow down. He's just now learning this. Now, he started doing better once he got that advice. Imagine if somebody would have actually told him this years ago. That's scary. Like, that's scary, bro. It's really scary. For real, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. It's just so many things that could happen. I know I'm still looking for this February 10th date because it's it's just something to look at. Like, you don't see the, you don't see the front office really going that hard about picking up a guy that not playing, especially. You gave up a first-round pick. It's not even the fact you gave up Kevin Knox. You gave up the first-round pick to get Cam Reddish. Obviously, RJ is over there. He's thriving and he's doing what he has to do. So there has to be one final move, even if, like I said, even if it's not Randall. And I don't, I don't like, I don't care whether if he stays or goes. Only if he just snaps back into it and plays like a New York basketball player. If not, again, you can go. But time's ticking, man. It's ticking, like. I get with chess, you know, you got to make the right moves, but you're calling it close, Leon Rose, Wild West, Scott Perry, <laughs> New York Knicks organization. You're calling it close, man. You're calling it close. So before we end this out, what can I say would be, not even what can I say, what would you say would be your final words for, you know, everybody listening Everybody just on Twitter like this with their eyes glued to the screen. Where's the Woj bomb? Where's the Woj bomb? What would you actually say as a piece of advice to help people be subtle with it? I think just, yeah, man, I think calm down a little bit. <laughs> um, stop, stop, uh, you know, fantasizing about what you want. Be a little bit more realistic. Also, keep in mind these players that they're still human. They have feelings <laughs> as much as they're getting paid. You know, we can have our opinions and all that sort of stuff. Like I said on Twitter earlier, but some people really need to ha- learn to have a little bit of humility and chill. Um, and I think, man, just ride the wave. Hopefully there's, you know, some wage bombs to come for everyone's team, especially the Knicks, Knicks fans, Knicks family. Um, but yeah, Knicks family, man, just chill. I think this team's in one of the best positions. Oddly, you're probably going to think that's weird to say, but as in who's running the team and how we're running it. Um, but I do agree. I would like to see something happen if it's going to happen. Otherwise, yeah, I would like it to calm down and quieten down. But that's just not going to happen um, realistically. But, yeah, man, I think just chill, man, and trust in Leon, <laughs> the yeah, godfather. Man. The godfather of this Nick organization. As of me on my end, my final words would be, as Nick fans, you need to understand what real news is and what fake news is, okay? Some of these pages grow, some of these so-called reporters grow, 
on building a story. That is a life of a reporter. You have some that want to be factual and you have some that want to make sure they can get a good bite to get a good article going, get a good story, a good synopsis, plot, twist, whatever you want to call it. So when you see these fake news, don't just run with it and be like, oh my God, that's what's going to happen. Read between the lines. Remember, like I always tell y'all week after week, that new show is coming out. It's going to be lit. Because I got to put y'all on game with a lot. But you have to understand, these fake news, you have to look at it as small news, laugh at it, take it for the enjoyment, and just call it a day. But when you get the cold, hard facts, even if it's some facts that you don't like, you need to accept what it is and start thinking about, okay, how can we make this situation that we're in better? Stop worrying about, oh, we messed up on this. We already know that Leon Rose know that he messed up in free agency. He's been doing great in the drafts. Just this one year in free agency, his first real official free agency, he messed it up, okay? He, 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 can, he can at least say that without saying that. The way he's doing that is, okay, I want to package off the vets. I want to create some room. Okay, so he's letting you know he's not giving up no talent. Then what he says in part two, of the whole scheme and you know everything he's doing. I want to get rid of Alex Burks, but only if you can attach more vets. So he's still sticking to his initial stamp. I want to get rid of vets, but I don't think that we're just throwing them away for anything. So now he put a price tag on what value we're going to get. He placed a set marker like, you're not just going to give us anything. You're going to give us something worth these players. So, yes. and now with the, I think we're at the checkmate moment. We got these final games, deadlines on the way. Now you have to move the pieces that you had set in play and you have to hope that they produce the right way that you see fit. Then when deadline comes, boom, watch some magic happens because it always happens. You're going to see every team in the NBA go crazy. Go, Does it not always happen, Smith? Let them know. Does it not always happen? Oh, it always happens, man. Always. I think it's like the final two days, if I'm not mistaken, to where you see Sham and Woes going crazy. Just, yeah, so right. got traded this, knew this, they got picks, somebody got cash. Oh, my goodness, this player's been waived. <laughs> like, this player's been traded here, going here, yeah. going here, and still waived. Like, it always what? happens in the final dying hours and days. Definitely. And it's what, over, is it over at 12 p.m. as usual, or is it 6? for the Yeah, next? something like that, man. Something like that. So just stay prepared for it. As we both stated, man, y'all, y'all just got to chill out, man. Y'all got to chill out. Like, it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, the front office must know what they're doing. Because if they didn't, we wouldn't draft right. Because it makes no sense to draft right if you don't eventually use what you drafted. So something's going to happen. Just wait on it. Be patient. And Leon Rose, we trust. But before I head out, Smitty, my guy, I want to thank you for pulling up. Thank you. Thank, thank you for having you. me, man. That's a fact. And blessings to everything that you're doing. You know the next episode of Past, Present, Future. We getting crazy, man. We getting crazy. For sure, man. For sure. But let the folks know where they can follow you at on Twitter and everything like that so they can stay in tune with you and Hoops Podcast out there in Australia. The number one podcast. Make sure y'all tap in. You feel me? For sure, man. I just want to say thanks for the love and thanks for making me part of the team. It's been good this far and it's going to continue to stay that way, I feel. Um, making connections, making friends. So, um, but you can always find me myself personally on Twitter at at Good Kid Burn City, on Instagram at Harley Smith with three eyes, 
and you can find Hoops Podcast on Facebook as Hoops Podcast, Instagram as Hoops underscore podcast, and Twitter as at Hoops Podcast Oz. So we're about to turn things up again on that, get across all the platforms. We're also on Spotify, so look for the Hoops Podcast on Spotify. And, you know, that's one spot where Australians are talking about basketball and, you know, we're doing it the best. That's a fact, man. And like he said, make sure y'all tap in, stay connected, lock in with everybody. The motto of the year, network is key. Always remember that, folks. And y'all know what it is. The Nick and 30 podcast. This was another good episode. Super, super lit. Y'all got to stay tuned because the next guest for next week might be even something crazier. But y'all got to wait for that. As y'all know, podcasts always drop on Fridays. Make sure y'all go listen to that. You can check it out on where? TheVentureSeasonNetwork.com. But the pod is also on all platforms everywhere. So you don't got to always go to the website, folks. But hey, if you love us, just go to the website, man. Go to the website. You can tune into that. You can also make sure y'all tune in the new episodes of Past, Present, Future. Also up there with myself, my co-host right here, Smitty, our other two co-hosts coming together as Nick's Anonymous. Make sure you check out their podcast, man. Super lit. Everything powered by the Venture Season Network. It's your guy, Dope the Phenom, a.k.a. Trippy OG, whichever you prefer. And I'll catch y'all next Friday, man. We don't need your services, pack them up, pack them up. We don't need your services, 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 pack them up, pack them up. We don't need your services, pack them up. We don't need your services, pack them up. We don't need your services, pack them up. Top of the class to a hard pass. Niggas fucking up when they get the bag. Shit sad, now you want your chill. But the way you give it up, I think you'll out for real. Yeah, I think you pop the pill by the way you play. We ain't see you shine since that trip to the A. Eh, why you always complain? Pack him up, young bull, take over the game. Young leader right there, put the team on his back. You this best at leading the chairs. You don't even know your war why we leave him in there. Pack these old shooters up, they ain't aiming in years. We don't need your services, pack them up, pack them up. We don't need your services, 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 pack them up, pack them up. We don't need your services, pack them up. We don't need your services, pack them up. We don't need your services, pack them up.